0: Welcome to the Young and Sober podcast, the podcast where we discuss what it means to get sober under the age of 30 and stay sober. If you're sober, sober curious, or just curious, you've come to the right place. Any discussions heard here are personal to the individuals and should not be taken as the stance of AA as a whole.
1: Welcome to episode 21. This week we'll be chatting to Nick, who has come to talk to us about being young, sober, and sponsoring. How are you doing, Nick? Morning, guys.
2: Keeping well, keeping good. Thank you. And uh, yeah, looking forward to the podcast. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me here.
0: Nice one. Um, so we've had a question from one of our listeners, and they have asked, I am very new to AA. How important are the traditions in my early recovery? Nick, do you have, uh, do you have something to say on that one?
2: I mean, for me, what was suggested when I first came into AA, it was daunting enough looking at the steps, let alone the, the traditions and then furthermore the concepts. So for me, the the firm suggestion was to not worry too much around the traditions. Um, for the most part, most meetings you'll go to are adhering to traditions. Um, but so that aside, it, the, the main focus really for me when I came around was to, to focus on the steps, get a sponsor and do the steps. And my sponsor then introduced me to 12 and 12, which is a book in Alcoholics Anonymous, which goes into more depth around the 12 steps and 12 traditions. And as AA, as you grow through, AA, you'll just naturally learn more around the the traditions anyway. Um, So that would be my, that would be my sort of take on it is not to to worry too much around it. Um, They're quite broad. So to say, because we've got 12 traditions, so, you know, there's, there's quite a lot to discuss there. And it's not really sort of topic for a two minute chat. But um, I would say in the early days, focus on, on your own recovery. The steps are there to keep us sober and the traditions are there to keep AA um, well and healthy, let's say, as a whole. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll sort of leave it, leave it at that. But uh, welcome if you're new.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'd, I'd echo that. I think just for for the listeners' benefit, it's worth noting that Nick is actually both mine and Jack's sponsor. So, um, essentially, what what he's saying there is is also what I what I believe to be true as well. Um, and yeah, it, it was it was much more useful for me to focus on my steps, early doors, um, and as as time went on. Probably for my first year actually steps were the most important And um, and as time's gone on learning a bit more about the traditions has been has been super useful um and i think as uh as time goes on um and you become i think you naturally become a bit more interested in in AA and and how it how it operates really i mean initially you come in as you said nick like on your knees broken um just kind of needing a solution to um <laughs> the alcoholism um and then you realize actually there's quite a lot a lot more to learn as time goes on yeah jack do you what are your thoughts on
1: that? yeah i think um echo uh echo your thoughts christian um i'm only nine and a half months in now so just starting to you know the traditions have come up in certain meetings and at the start you're like what is what is all this and what does it mean and why are we talking about this? And not the last time I uh, got drunk, but um, as you go on, um, yeah, as you said, you get a bit more interested in them and only kind of now is the time when I'm starting or been suggested to me to start looking into them more, reading about them, learning about them. Um, And also, as you said, you kind of just get a bit more naturally interested um, in them as time goes on, um, and you know, you're worrying less about your day-to-day drinking, and you know, more about ha- how you can help, you know, AA over the longer term. And um, yeah, as, as you've said, it's just that that natural interest has, has grown over time um, a little bit to, to a point where now you want to read about them um, and yeah, learn learn more so you can um, you can give back essentially
0: yeah absolutely and i th- I think that is that has got a lot to do with the way in which we're you know we're sponsored you know and um you know you know it's not just, it's not to say that every sponsor i think is gonna is gonna ensure that you read up on the traditions but um I think we were both fortunate in that we found um a meeting which was very much focused on on the newcomer, most of the people within that meeting were sort of sponsored in the same way. And um, you know everyone's kind of reading off the same hymn sheet, which I think, which I think is really good. Um, which leads me on to asking, before we sort of dive a bit deeper into sponsorship, um, Nick, can you tell us, I guess, your sobriety date to begin with and how old you were when you came in? Um, and what led you to deciding to commit to getting sober in AA?
2: Thanks Christian. Um, So I was, I can't remember exactly, I think I was 28 when I came in so my sobriety date is 31st of August 2010 so I'll be 11 years this August um, and It was a relatively, I suppose, short journey in terms of, you know, how long, you know, we live and stuff coming at the age of 28. I think more and more people are coming in younger and younger these days for various reasons. But um, I think for me, honestly, it it was, uh, there was an element of of a fair bit of, you know, drug use alongside my drinking. I'm not going to go too far into that. I think in reality, that helped to bring me to my breaking point quicker um than than sort of just drinking but the drinking was the main problem and i think really and truly it was anything that would change the way i felt um and so that i could check out because i just didn't want to be um in my head anymore i didn't want to have the feelings that i was feeling the emotions that i was going through and i just felt like um i just felt like just wrong really is the best way to describe it And just that i did not feel um something was inherently wrong and, and, and it was it felt like even it was beyond the drink even though a lot of people come in and say oh the drink's a problem i, I kind of knew deep down that it was something beyond that it was and i think when i first got here there was a piece around uh, uh the reading in the in the early chapters around having a spiritual malady and when i read the spiritual malady i would never heard of the word malady before to look it up but it just it just struck a chord with me and that's it, honestly is how I felt. I, I felt maladjusted to life and not being able to fit in and sort of an outsider looking in and just not feeling comfortable in my own skin and for all those reasons are the reasons why I took to drink and drugs and um um but yeah but alongside that as well I tried to control it for a long time. I would try and stay abstinent for two three weeks and, and be successful even four weeks at a time and uh you know something would happen nothing would happen and I would just end up back to where I started again and, and, and go on a big bender and Typically, they were getting longer and and, and more um, consequence related as well. More, you know, worse. I was crossing a few lines. Worse things were happening to me, um, but emotionally, it was just chipping away at me, over, you know, over and over and over. And um, you know, a good friend of mine came down to visit me a few, probably about a year before I got sober, and he was he was a good solid drinker, mate of mine. You know, we'd gone through a lot together, growing up together, and uh, done a lot of stuff together, and. And um, he turned up to the flat, he was looking like you know, a million bucks, he'd lost loads of weight and he was gleaming from ear to ear and like, you know, t- talked about recovery, and, like this, this book he called his Bible, which sort of, that was a bit of a trigger point for me, the Bible thing, but um, I think what, what he was trying to explain to me was that he found a way of living uh, that was just infinitely better than this, this kind of misery go around and just drinking, trying not to drink, um, you know, just um, pushing the effort button and just doing it anyway and just <clears throat> trying to show to other people that you know I can do this, I, I've got this, and, and just knowing deep down that that I was like a boy whistling in the dark. You know, it says that in the book as well, and that really struck a chord. It, you know, it literally felt like clinging on. I'd say HMS Driver. You know, sort of doing my best at life and, and just not getting to where I felt like I wanted to be, and that was to be comfortable in my own skin, and to be sober and to be happy and to be useful, and all of those things that just just used to baffle me, it just found really difficult. Um, so that friend that came down and so deceived was me, bless him, you know, we're still friends, still friends now. And, um, it's been a great journey. You know, we share a lot of early recovery together. And I think the thing with, with that is that, I mean, I didn't speak to him, I must say, probably for about a year actually when he did, after the visit, because I, I knew deep down that this guy had found something that he'd, he'd found this solution, but I wasn't quite ready at that point to concede and throw the towel in you now completely. So, um, <clears throat> in fear of sort of getting found out from him I just decided not to speak to him for a year probably more out of envy than anything else and, um, and that was it about a year later just another two three day drinking drugging bender and just coming to uh, it was in August obviously 31st like I said it was my last and it, it was just it was a sweltering day I remember looking outside just feeling hopeless empty and just absolutely beaten and just not having any idea of how to not having an idea because my friend told me about the fellowship, but finally going, okay, all right, well, I'll ask for help. You know, I will throw the town in and i call the number and I did. And, and I came into, uh, I came into, into recovery. And um, yeah, it's been an incredible life changing journey for me. I don't want to go too much into the forward side of recovery. So I don't think we're focusing on that on this podcast, but <clears throat> needless to say that, We've got promises in pages uh I think it's eighty-three and four of the big book, it might be five and six. Forget now, but uh, you know, freedom from self, freedom from the bondage of self, you know, fear of financial insecurity will leave us, will be useful, and we'll know peace at last. And those things have gen- genuinely come true for me. Um, and that's that's just been, you know, I mean the stopping the drinking aside has been obviously great, but you know, when you come in, you realise it's not about the drink like i said i always had that inherent knowing that something wasn't right and i feel like it's given me an opportunity to flush out all of that wrongness in my body in my mind and everything through going through the steps it's been a thorough sort of house cleaning and um yeah it's just been it's been an absolute ride i thoroughly enjoyed it and um it's been great so so yeah 11 years coming up um so yeah it's been a few days and it's not always been a bed of roses, but yeah, I don't want to go too much uh, on there, Christian. Hopefully, that's um, that that covers your question. But uh, happy to talk more on that if you want.
0: Yeah, no, thanks, Nick. Um, no, I think that's, uh, that's that's great. And I guess my my first question was, you know, so can you talk us through so when you came in early doors? You're talking about, you know, you, you didn't fully let's say surrender or commit to what was being suggested can you can you talk about the difference about like how you felt pre like non-committing and pre you know not getting the sponsor and how that changed once you did like what's the difference
2: yeah it's night and day i mean excuse me the reason a guy said to me, "What's the point in coming to twelve step recovery program, and not doing the twelve steps?" I was like, "Well, that's a bit, that's a bit strong." But actually, I was like, "Well, yeah, um, you know, he, he's he's got a very valid point." And um, I must say, you know, honestly, I did have a sponsor early days, but it was kind of turbo steps, and there wasn't really a lot of um, commitment to the program on my part. And he was passing on to me what he was was passed on to him, so that was fine. But you know, ultimately, I didn't really have any kind of freedom from self. So there I am five months without a drink and i've split up the misses i've moved up to london from surrey i've changed jobs you know and if you need to ia these are all pretty major life-changing decisions that for me when i got properly sponsored was suggested to wait until i get at least you know halfway through the core of the nines step nines <clears throat> because my perception of life is going to change my perception around myself is going to change and what I feel like I'm going to want in life and my desires will change and they have. And that, that is, that's, that was the truth. Um, you can't say that's a guarantee for everyone, but it's just my experience. So they are really, really hugely important suggestions. So going from that to then asking for help from a guy that I met in a meeting who was an ex postman, but he looked really well and I was an ex postman and I wanted to look and sound as well as him. <laughs> and I asked him to it hit, you know and i asked him I, I want to have it military style because i'm i'm one of these wayward characters that is just going to basically take the piss for want of a better word and just not you know i want the easiest route. i don't want to have to put the work in i want the maximum outcome with minimum input And you know um he said look nick just to let you know i'll, I'll sponsor you how i was sponsored i was like all oh, right okay so it, it's not going to be how i how i sort of want it but it turned out it was it was pretty on the button, and uh, it, it was you know having to call him every day at a certain time, and and following some daily suggestions, which at the, at the start seemed crikey, you know, not got enough time in the day for all this. But um, you know that, that it's a psychic change. I had to have a bit of a psychic change around how I want to live my life, and it was it was like like you say, Christian, throwing in that final piece of the towel, going, okay, well I'm here now. This is source Recovery Program. Let's crack on and do the steps as they're laid out in the book with a sponsor, he's on the facts about himself and I'm the facts about the program. Let's just crack on. And I think when I did that and conceded, it was a massive sense of relief and that I wasn't necessarily running the show the entire time anymore. And it was, and um, taking someone else's suggestions on board. I'm typically, and to my core, rebellious. Always have been. Don't like listening to teachers, mum, dad, anyone of any authority figure, I, I will just want to reject. And I think, it was the first time for me going, okay, fine, I will listen to this man. I don't know him from Adam, but I'll listen to him and I'll take on his suggestions based on what others are saying. And um, Best decision I ever made, quite honestly. So, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a good journey from there.
1: Just for um, anyone who's new, Nick, just in terms of – so you talked a lot about a sponsor, but if someone's um, new, you know, how does – what is a sponsor? How does someone become a sponsor? Do you have to pay for a, for sponsorship? Um, so, just some simple questions for for anyone who's new and doesn't understand the concept of sponsorship. Yeah, so sponsorship is freely given by just bog
2: standard drunks in AA. There's you know, sponsors aren't anyone who's in any elevated position within the fellowship at all. It's not like that, and that's one of the other things I love about AA. It's an inverted triangle. So we are the fellowship serves us. We don't serve the fellowship. So. <clears throat> the same could be said with, with sponsorship, and uh, you know, my sponsor to me the only requirement for, for sponsorship would be would be that you pass it on to to a new guy, you know, when you get through your first nine steps, and uh, yeah, it's obviously completely free. Apple Anonymous is donation based, so there's no there's no dues or fees. So, you know, um, he said to me it, it would help it would help him as much as it it'll help as much as it, it would help me you know possibly even more him than me and I thought well, that's that's quite a far out concept but um in having experienced a sponsored men in, the, in recovery you know I would say that that is um there's some definitely there's, there's definitely truth in that you know so it's an not a privilege to sponsor someone but I think the key for me is just to remember that you are just a vehicle for the program as a sponsor you're just another guy that's with a few more days with a bit more experience of recovery of sober living of the steps the traditions and all you're doing is is you're passing that on to to someone new that wants help and it's up to them if they take the help or not it's not you know it's nothing more than that there's nothing hierarchical around it which for me is very important and, and attractive thing about sponsorship you know it's your own personal recovery the man that you choose to ask you to sponsor you is literally a vehicle for the steps um and that's 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 it you know some people will say you've got to have like a connection uh, you have to have um you know you, you want what someone's got so you you've got to be partially obviously attracted to that person in what they've got in their recovery because you know you you potentially gonna ask them to help you so you know look around at their sponsees you know how are they doing that's that's another sort of good one as well but (coughs) i would i would argue that if you're drawn to someone it's not necessarily about what they look like i know i said about the placement thing but it's not necessarily about what they look like what they say although it can be like that but i think it's a deeper connection than that actually and um it's something that maybe we don't even understand fully, but that's my belief. But yeah, um, so I hope that answers the question there, Jack, if not,
1: yeah. You know, the, I guess the only last just thing to add, so you mentioned, you know, you sponsoring men and your sponsor was, was male. So um, it's just a case that majority of the time, men sponsor men and, and women sponsor women. Is that right?
2: Yeah, I mean, that was, again, <clears throat> there's no rules. Right. <laughs> Excuse me there's no rules in AA. Everything that that comes through, sponsors, sponsors, everything that comes through people in AA is all suggestion based and it's based on experience. So when we say men for men, women for women, that it's not a rule, you don't have to do anything, you know, you're not, a, you know, it's, it, it's you're not bound by any kind of rules or, or regulations. <coughs> but they're tried and tested suggestions based on hard and fast experience. So if you've thrown the towel in and you've gone, okay, fine, I'm going to take some help here. Why would you not follow the suggestions based on what, you know, on, on the experience of that sponsor? And if he doesn't know, then his sponsor and up the line it goes. So, um, yeah, I've seen men sponsoring women and even the other way around. And I think it depends. Actually, I think it does depend uh, without getting too controversial here on your sexuality as well, because I think, you know, if, if you're if you're a gay man or a gay lady, you might find that a member of the same sex it might have this, the same potential negative impact as men for you know a heterosexual man with a heterosexual woman if that makes sense so i've seen you know uh, a gay man be sponsored by a straight lady and that's worked really well for example so i hope that makes sense but For the most part, we say that just because it can really complicate it and it can bring in unwanted emotions, and at that stage of recovery, it's crucial that you you don't have anything to jeopardise, yeah, recovery at that stage.
0: I think there's Uh, a there's a a great um, there's an an old AA saying that suggests that you know when it comes to picking your sponsor, it's about sticking with the winners, Um, and. For me a winner <laughs> from a staying sober point of view is somebody that has had you know continual sobriety for a significant amount of time that appears to be sane and well um and is sponsored and you know it, they're just they're just in the middle of the bed you know and i, I think that's that's something that's really important when you're new and you're coming in and and picking a sponsor is is to take that into consideration um one thing i would personally advise against is being you know there's a there's a little bit of i've heard in the past of kind of shopping for the perfect sponsor and and i, I think that that's not particularly useful um Because for me, shopping for the perfect sponsor is possibly somebody that's going to allow me to kind of um, do things my own way. And actually, I'm similar to you, Nick, in that I sort of like the sort of firmer approach. And I I think one thing about this particular episode that I really wanted to cover off wasn't necessarily just, like, picking your sponsor. It's for somebody that's young, that's, you know, potentially worked the steps actually and is looking to offer out their hand for sponsorship as well because you know for me i'm now personally three and a half years in ish um i've had the privilege of of sponsoring and, and trying to take people through the steps and during that process i've definitely made mistakes and i've definitely um rushed perhaps rushed through or Tried to rush through the steps. Um, I've possibly allowed my ego, possibly, definitely allowed my ego to to get involved um, with it. So, can you talk? Can you talk about like your your experience of, you know, sponsor your your, I guess, early days experience of trying to sponsor, what you've learned, and how you know what it looks like today.
2: Excuse me. Good question. Like it does change and it evolves. Obviously, the more experience you have with helping men, the more effective you probably become as a sponsor. But I think whilst that is true, I think there's, I started off, I think, on the right foot just based on, initially it was probably based on fear because I didn't know how to sponsor someone. I almost put myself in the energy of my sponsor and how he, he spoke and dealt with me. And then I almost emulated that, you know, sort of fake it till you make it kind of thing with the guys that I was helping out, you know, and and what was quickly becoming apparent was that most people don't want to go past step four. And so it wasn't a personal thing on me. You know, that was the key thing to remember is like, it's not a personal reflection on my ability to sponsor sponsor someone. Um, because I've got that whole thing from back in the day, you know, that not good enough and not feeling like I fit in and that, that, although that's much reduced these days, it's still, there's still an element of that whisper that can come along, of course. So for me, it was really, really important. And I was, you know, this has been explained to me as well by my sponsor. Like I said before, you're, you're just a vehicle, Nick. Uh, It's not a reflection on you as to whether or not this guy makes it to four, five, six, nine, whatever um it's down to him it's down to his willingness and his uh humility and his approach to the steps and so that was a big relief for me it was a big sort of weight off my shoulders because i felt like being a sponsor you carry so much responsibility you don't really yeah because for me it's these are the suggestions it's up to you if you do them and it's going to be quite clear early doors whether these whether this guy's going to be he's keen for it or not and I think the whole checking in daily um, the daily suggestions are a very quick way to decipher and filter out for want of a better word those that are keen and those that aren't Um, and so it it sort of sorts it out early doors so you're not wasting time trying to help a man that is on the fence and not really ready there's an element of give and take because not everyone's fully conceded at this time when they ask you to sponsor them you know it sometimes people take a bit of time to thaw out and come round to the idea of fully taking on all the suggestions. So there is a, an element of sort of give and take in the early days, and that's fine. Um, everyone's slightly different. So you, you do have to sort of manage each each kind of person slightly differently. Some guys are like, right, there's the towel, throwing it all in, let's just crack on. When can we do step four? You know, and, and it's like, okay, some of those, some of those guys you have to sort of Remind them that it's, you know, what we're trying to do here is build a solid foundation for future, future recovery and long term sobriety just for today, long term sobriety. Um, You know, we're building the foundations here. So we want to take this approach. We're not turbo stepping. We're not going to get through this. This is my experience. Again, there's no rules here in AA. I know guys that are sponsored guys over the weekend and they've gone through four, five, six, seven, eight and nine in a week. And they're still sober so you know go figure I, we don't have all the answers this is just pure and simple my experience mm. and um it was a case of taking it slowly and practically and methodically in order but just you know not procrastinating but not rushing it at the same time you know because it's a big big major thing it's going to be the best thing you ever do for yourself in your life i think and. Um, so, yeah, early doors, I remember sponsoring people that would just not call me. And I would end up getting a bit annoyed with that, you know, and I'd sort of want to take it out. And they was like, why aren't you, you know, why aren't you ringing? And why aren't you doing this? But it's it's it's, it's, not, it's not up to me. It's the other person that you're trying to help. So it's like, okay, it's fine. Okay, it's fine. I, I can help you to find someone else if you want as a sponsor. You know, you know, always offer help. Where can I be most useful? And it just helps to, to you know, and I've, I've been called up I'm being called all sorts of things, you know, and that's fine as well. You know, it's just going to happen. That's the nature of sponsorship, sponsy dynamic. Um, but um, yeah, it, it's and so nowadays looking for a sponsor, um, you know, it, it, it's sort of relatively relatively straightforward for me. And I I know very early on if that person's truly keen, and if they are, that's absolutely wonderful because it's such a help for me in my own recovery. And obviously, it is for them too. It's a double-sided coin. That's this is great all round. But um, yeah, I think the daily calling and the and the suggestions really help. To if you're looking to sponsor someone, I would say that that's a good starting point because you'll know if the man's keen or not. Very early doors, and if he's not fully there, but you can see that he's he's making progress, you know, as well. And and so that's yeah. Um, but again, it just, yeah, I, I hope that answers it. Yeah. I'm not, I feel like I might be rambling a little bit there, but
0: yeah. No, uh, I think that's great. Um, one thing that I've really noticed in my experience of sponsoring people is that it actually highlights, you know, obviously we, you know, when it's suggested that we do, you know, a, a, a daily infantry, our step tens, and, and that it, it can... Definitely, you know, cause resentment. You know, you know, sponsoring, sponsoring people, particularly, particularly when they want to, you know, argue, argue against you, or, you know, you know, and essentially, it, you know, it, it's it's almost more. I don't know. It, it's my experience has been that it kind of shines even more of a light on your your defects of character (laughs) um than being the sponsor sometimes you know and it it highlights it highlights areas which you need to work on you know tolerance love patience you know all this stuff which talks about in the book you know this is essentially the code that we are we are trying to live by and um you know i can i can understand that intellectually but i am definitely still intolerant sometimes and i'm definitely impatient <laughs> you know i'd say Absolutely. those are probably two of my two of my biggest defects and you know when a sponsee isn't doing what i suggest then i i can get as you say like you can get a little bit annoyed and but as you say it's not like <laughs> ultimately it's up to them and and, and and you do have to practice love love and tolerance and, and not just, you know, right, this guy's not doing what I'm telling him to do or suggesting to do, right, screw him. You know, there's, there's got to be an element of um, flexibility and give and take and, and that sort of thing.
1: Just got one question, Nick, around. And um, yeah, as you mentioned earlier, Christian and I are both sponsored by Nick, but just experienced during coronavirus and, and sponsorship via Zoom versus in person, what's been your experience of um, the, well, yeah, experience and challenges of, of both of those different types of, of sponsorship?
2: It's a good question. I mean, typically, <clears throat> again, I'll only suggest what was suggested to me. So the version of the, the, the sponsorship that I give is what was given to me. And it was strongly, advised to not amend, edit, edit Nick's version, none of that business, none of that, that rubbish, because this is a tried and tested one, so this is what works, So I meant to say that as well, um, so, and that, again, it keeps it simple and removes any emotion from it for me, but yeah, Zoom, I've, I've sponsored a couple of guys on Zoom, Jack, I think, definitely been one of them, and, and it, it's, it's been a successful sort of uh, modality, if you want to call it that, like, I think it has worked. It's definitely worked and it, and it's worked well. There was some, obviously we had the restrictions not being able to meet up. Typically what was suggested to me was to attend a home group where my sponsor went every week, uh, once a week at the minimum. And then <clears throat> the second meeting of your choice. And I mean, my sponsor suggested I go to Vauxhall. You know, it's underneath the arches near Vauxhall. And there's a wet house in the corner and then drunks are sleeping rough in the park. I'm like, you know, I come from Surrey. This is a bit beneath me. That was my initial take on in it, which is just absolutely ridiculous at that point which shows the level of uh, emotional sobriety I had. But thank God I asked uh, that man and I followed the suggestion because it's uh, on part of the furniture down enough. But anyway, um, going back to your question, so we haven't had that meet up once a week at the meeting, which I think is a crucial thing. Um, personally, it, it, it really, y- you have a connection on Zoom, you can have, you can talk on the phone, but meeting up in person, Jack, I'm sure you'd agree, it, it's different and it has more of an impact and you get a feel and a sense of that person you get to know that person you get to feel that person's energy and stuff like that so it's it's a different connection and it's more it's, it's deeper it's, it just has more depth so that was a challenge but at the same time again it goes back to well look these are the daily suggestions and ultimately we're not meeting up every day anyway so you know you do these daily suggestions these are those uh, and so we're speaking daily and we're seeing each other on the zoom meetings um And, and, you know, we can have breakout rooms and stuff like that that we've used or just hang around at the end of the meeting or, um, uh, you know, it's, we're so well connected, probably overly connected these days as humans, aren't we? So it's sort of quite easy to sponsor, probably long distance. I wouldn't recommend it, but certainly, um, you know, on the online format, it's worked, you know. Um, Jack's a living example. There's other guys and girls as well that have come through on Zoom that have gotten well. And. Um, So I think, yeah, that's had its challenges in terms of not being able to fully meet up, although we could meet up outside one-on-one. So we got around that a little bit and even inside as well. Um, But I think the biggest thing was not that that weekly connection of weekly going to the same venue, the same people, the same meeting, having that one-on-one with your sponsor is the only thing really and truly I think that's been lacking with the whole thing. So, um, But it hasn't impacted the effectiveness of of sponsorship in my opinion. You can definitely still get well online, definitely, yeah.
0: Yeah, Jack. Jack's obviously testament to that. And um, I mean, I, I would just say, if there's one thing um, that I, I mean, it's nice to see that obviously in-person meetings are opening up. And I know Nick, you know, Voxel, for example, are very close to sort of finding the right venue. In fact, I'm not sure what the latest is on that, but, you know, finding one to, to get back into it and, even do a bit of a hybrid setup, but I know, like in my early days, I definitely valued um, being able to chat with you after the meeting. You know, not just you know, because during the meeting we're all we're all there for the same reason, and um, but being able to have a chat with you was very valuable. Um, and I have found since sponsoring people it is is quite it's, it's kind of weird because i guess i've since i've started sponsoring it's mostly been during the pandemic like right? and not having that physical space and not being able to just at the drop of a hat you know meet up with somebody for a coffee or even well yeah anything like that or even fellowship where you know again that was another opportunity to see my sponsor and and chat and hang out um So, I'd say that has been to a degree a bit of a challenge because I I think naturally, you know, people like being around other people and being able to. I think that also builds a bit of trust, which I think in that sponsor sponsor relationship is quite important. Like, you know, all I know is this person over a telephone or on a Zoom screen. Um, And, you know, obviously, you know, I know for Jack. I don't know, Jack. Like how you felt about that. Whether you found that challenging in some way. But yeah, I don't know. What, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think. Well, it's funny because you just got nothing to compare it to. Um, and so, for me, um, I didn't even think about, you know, physical. Meetings, really. I was more concerned about, you know, how much debt I was in, like, <laughs> what, who I'd pissed off, you know, when I in my last few weeks of drinking, and um, that was, you know, where my head was at. And I, the daily suggestions, as Nick mentioned, are the same whether you're in person or on Zoom. And so, I think for the first, you know, month um, I didn't think about it at all. I didn't even, I didn't cross my mind, you know, the fact that it was on zoom versus a physical meeting. And then by the time you're kind of a month or six weeks in, then you start to be able to think slightly (laughs) more outside of, of just, um, you know, the initial shock of, of everything that's kind of happened. And, um, and, um, you know, then by that by that point i would not drunk for six weeks with AA on Zoom, so for me it was working and um I was happy to to continue that way. I think the reality is only when I got to kind of six months plus was the I think I've yeah, there's missed out and bit like fellowship and you know relationships with people in the, the home groups that you're going to with your your sponsor. Um I was hanging around increasingly um after the the meetings on zoom but i think that's you know it's it's not the same as having 10 people in a room just 10 people chatting on zoom because you you can't really peel off for one to one conversations or, or whatever and i think that's probably the um the bit which you know you miss out on most but it certainly doesn't mean that you can't stop drinking and get sober with the same um you know method that um is done in person as well
2: yeah, and it's worth saying that also online meetings have been around a long time pre-COVID and they've worked for long-distance sponsorship as well. So it's not as popular, obviously, and not in the Zoom format, I don't imagine, but they've been around a well, while and it does it does work. So, uh, but yeah, yeah all, all really good points.
0: I just wanted to add something um, about, like, I don't know if you've, you've found this, but when it comes to picking your sponsor or... When it, actually, more importantly, when you are wanting to be a sponsor and trying to sponsor other people, one one big thing that i've I've learned is that um, you're be careful to be you know if, if someone asks you to be their sponsor, I'd say, be careful that you haven't already built a bit of a chummy, kind of friendly <laughs> relationship. With, with said person, because my experience has been that once you go from you know being you know mates to then trying to be a sponsor it it just doesn't really that dynamic doesn't really work I think I don't know what your what your thoughts are on this, Nick but like early days when you're when you're dealing with a newcomer um it might be quite a good idea to kind of keep yourself at arm's length to a degree with, with somebody um, with a, a, what's your, what's your experience with that?
2: Yeah, that is a really good point. And I basically echo what you're saying. It's like friends are friends and the sponsor-sponsee dynamic is not friends. You know, it's, it's not to say that you might not become friends and that's been the case for me with you guys. You know, I'd feel like I'd call you friends now. But you're you're in the process now. Where you've gone all the way up to your nines. You know you've done all the hard work. You've done all you know the one to nine. But I think in the early days, it's really important to maintain that boundary and that, and to be firm around that. I've had friends, and they were friends. And one of the best was no longer with us, but he asked me to be a sponsor, and as much as I would love to sponsor him because you know I was very fond of the guy, not going to do it because it would jeopardize his recovery, and I feel. Um, I wouldn't I'd be doing him a disservice and an injustice to, to sponsor him. So I encouraged him to go off and find his own sponsor. And he did, and he did end up doing steps and in it. You know, he got well for a while, but similarly, I, I've asked my good friend that I said to you, the, the one that, that kind of got me into the fellowship in the first, place, I've asked him to sponsor me and he had to ask, ask his sponsor if it was a good idea. Cause we we're both like, yeah, this, this worked really well. You know, we were living in each other, you know, you know, in others pockets anyway. And, uh, Thank God he was sponsored, basically. I'll say that, because it, it, it's just, for me, I think it's so important, that boundary thing. If you're emotionally connected to someone, it's going to make it a lot harder. It's already a fair challenge being a sponsor. You have to navigate your way through it, and there are going to be hurdles, but to add that element of the friendship so you're emotionally connected to someone is just, yeah, you could be de- potentially jeopardise their, their recovery and yours, potentially. So yeah, boundaries are really important, and um, but yeah, you'll naturally become when you share a four with someone. It's a big deal, you know. You're not going to do that to everyone, you know. Your parents probably wouldn't have heard a lot of the stuff that's in there. Your your closest pals, you know, would have heard. So you you naturally create a really strong bond with that person, you know. Whether it lasts forever is that's that's up to the gods, but you know, naturally that is going to happen. So you do become closer and you, you know not always friends i've got guys that i've taken two steps i barely speak anymore to, and that's fine yeah you know, it doesn't have to be friendship but okay. yeah it, it's such a good point to to uh to suggest you know to, to look outside of the of the you know the, yeah, your friendship circle for a sponsor um yeah nice one. um i think
0: that's probably a good a good note to to wrap up on, actually. Um, so thanks again, Nick, for uh, for joining us today and chatting so well about sponsorship. I think that will be really helpful for anyone that's listening that's considering sponsorship. You know, as a as a newcomer or, in fact, you know, sponsoring. Um, so yeah, thanks a lot for that. Um, what we typically do is wrap up the episode with some gratitude um so what would you say Nick what are you grateful for today
2: I would say just to finalize on the whole sponsorship thing is that it's one of the key reasons I keep coming back to i a it's such an amazing this is a gratitude thing I'm so hugely grateful to the fellowship in that it's a platform for me to help men get sober that's such a gift it's an absolute gift and you're not it's not something you can find in, in most other circles. So to have the ability to have an effective relationship with someone to help them to find their wellness and their spirituality or whatever it is and to get over their addictions. For me, that's, that's an absolute blessing and a gift. And, um, you know, that, that's one of the key reasons I keep coming back. Um, it really is a true privilege to help people and to see their lights come on within them as they go through the process. It's just amazing you know if you haven't done it yet I'd highly encourage it and yeah um you know it's there's so many things to be grateful for everything in my life today is a direct result whether I think it is or not on a on a uh, mind level is as a result of of AA is is the truth everything I have materially yes also emotionally and spiritually as well so yeah um yeah really grateful to have this chat with you guys as well it's been really really enjoyable thank you so much
0: Awesome. Jack, what do you feel grateful for today?
1: Um, Yeah, thanks Christian. Um, It's Father's Day today and my relationship with my father is the best it's been in 10 plus years. So um, I'm going to go and see him and just spend some time together without the cloud of some recent um, escapade. And, um, you know, that's, again, as Nick said, all thanks to and, and the steps and the fellowship and just being able to yeah build back the relationships in my life which had nearly luckily not completely gone out the window but had um, you know we're certainly on the rocks so um that's what i'm grateful for today mm. yeah um
0: i am grateful yeah I'm, I'm grateful for like the fellowship actually today um you know over the past like week or so i've been on holiday with my family i like what you said there jack about like not being like the you know the, the the case the hopeless case you know the one that everyone has to sort of like gather around and you know wonder if they're okay and you know that sort of thing like that's just not that's just not the case anymore um but also I'm really grateful I was listening to quite a few sort of speaker tapes in the car. Been on the road a lot over the past few days. And just hearing people talk about like, you know, emotional sobriety as well as, you know, because ultimately that's what that's what we're after now, you know, once we put the drink and the other substances down. Like to hear what what it can be like if you've been sober for a long time but you're not working this stuff and how you, you can end up feeling is a, is a good reminder for me that I need to, to be on top of my game if I want to keep that emotional sobriety. Um, and it's great to hear other people's experiences of that. Um, so yeah, on that note, guys, um, that is the end of episode uh, 21 uh, of the Young and Sober podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Young and Sober Podcast. Um, on there, you can find a link to listen to all the different episodes on, on various platforms Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Casts, amongst others. Um, if you have any questions that you'd like to ask the Young and Sober Podcast, uh, you can also email us. Um, And I'm just going to put up the email address. Do you know off the top of your head, Jack? (laughs)
1: Uh, No, but it's also, um, people can message us on Instagram, which may be more straightforward. Um, Yeah, yeah, I can't remember the exact email address.
0: Yeah, you can direct message us on Instagram. Um, That's a really good place to to ask us any questions that you have. And we'll do our best to answer them. So... um, Thanks again. We have been Young and Sober Podcast, over and out.